The top stories from the KCBS Radio Newsroom. This is the All Local. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jeff Bell. I'm Patty Rising. As we've been reporting, it took almost 40 actually 24 hours, but the first results from yesterday's Iowa caucuses are finally out. KCBS political reporter Doug Sovereign joins us with the latest returns, what they may mean for the California primary and where early voting is already underway. Well, Patty and Jeff, still just 62 percent of the vote count released, but yeah, it's Pete Buttigieg on top, about 27 percent, followed closely by Bernie Sanders. Elizabeth Warren a bit further back at 18 percent, and Joe Biden, for him, a disappointing fourth place, 16 percent, and then Amy Amy Klobuchar with a surprisingly strong fifth, almost 13 percent. What does it all mean? Well, in terms of delegate strength at this summer's convention, not really very much. Iowa has a small delegation, and Buttigieg and Sanders would get about the same number of delegates, but there's no doubt that Mayor Pete will see a surge in donations and volunteers and enthusiasm and media buzz, and that is what comes with winning Iowa, if in the end he does. And just think of how impossible it would have seemed, say, just four years ago, that a gay man, a 38-year-old former small city mayor with a husband at his side, could vault to the top of the Democratic presidential field. This will bring him much more attention and more money to compete in California with the likes of billionaires Mike Bloomberg and Tom Steyer, who are all over the airwaves here, and with Bernie Sanders, who's been pulling away in the polls here and has just started advertising as well. Buttigieg has been fading in the Golden State, but now expect to see him renew his effort to compete for the primary season's biggest prize. Doug Sovereign, KCBS. Doug, you referenced the momentum factor. Some pundits were suggesting yesterday he got robbed of that moment last night, but you could make the argument he's getting even more attention today, given the drama around all of this. Right. I mean, he did, what he was deprived of that election night victory moment, although he essentially gave a victory speech anyway, because he had a good sense that this is how it's going to turn out. But that was well after midnight Eastern. So yeah, he didn't get the typical momentum Momentum. He did not get the morning headlines in the papers, right? They didn't have anything to say in the, in the newspapers. Um, but he's, this is going to be a prolonged story for a couple of days, so he will get that. And if, the word will spread if he is, in fact, the winner. Much more on the Iowa caucuses to come. Remember, there are still more results to be released. And also, State of the Union coming up at 6 p.m. right here on KCBS. San Francisco International Airport feeling the economic pinch of the coronavirus. Now that its China flight schedule is half what it used to be, KCBS's Holly Kwan reports that the aviation industry workers are getting hit, too. SFO has seen airlines retract their flights before due to illness, like during the SARS outbreak in 2003. Now its usual 90 weekly flights to China are down to 45, and more cuts are probably on the way, says SFO spokesman Doug Yackel. It's really a reaction to, uh, number one, reduced passenger demand. You've got passengers who have elected not to take their trip. Uh, and then also with these new entry requirements, there's simply less passengers that are eligible to enter the United States that's reducing really the overall demand for flights to and from China right now. But that means less revenue for the airport in landing fees or coffee and scone purchases by passengers. Sarah Nelson is head of the Association of Flight Attendants. She worries not enough is being done for aviation workers on the front lines. And as airlines pull down routes to China, aviation workers feel the ripple effects and this can have severe consequences on working people. In San Francisco, Holly Kwan, KCBS. A quick footnote here. We're just getting word of the updated figures from Beijing via the Associated Press. Deaths from the new virus in mainland China have now risen to 490. The number of new cases increasing to 24,324. 
Do you ever get frustrated trying to navigate the Bay Area's many different transit agencies? As KCBS's Matt Bigler reports, local lawmakers are introducing legislation to reform Bay Area transportation into a more integrated, user-friendly system. With a three-hour round-trip commute, Terry Taplin from Berkeley is one of the Bay Area's super commuters. He uses three different transit agencies to get to work, school, and to see his partner in Richmond. We really rely on transit to make our marriage work, uh, so it's kind of kind of urgent uh, for us. That's why he's supporting AB 2057, a bill from Assemblymember David Chu to create a more seamless Bay Area transit system. A standard bus fare, payment integration, requiring real-time transit information. Other regions have tried this. Ian Griffiths with Seamless Bay Area says Frankfurt integrated its transit system decades ago. Since those reforms have been introduced, the greater Frankfurt region has seen a 60% increase in transit ridership. So far, no transit agencies have come out in support of this bill. Complete integration would likely require a separate regional transit tax. At the Salesforce Transit Center, Matt Bigler, KCBS. The city of Berkeley may reconfigure Telegraph Avenue near the Cal campus. KCBS's Bob Butler reports that is part of a long-term plan that could ban cars from the area. Several years ago, Berkeley passed the Telegraph Avenue Public Realm Plan. Councilmember Roger Robinson says last October, the council directed staff to get working on it. Now, that plan wasn't too prescriptive about what we should do, but there's a whole range of options, a range of changes we could make to that street, and limiting private automobile use should absolutely be one of them. It would be from Dwight Way to Bancroft. Stuart Baker says they'd create a plaza with bollards protecting pedestrians. Drivers drive a little more uh, slowly. Um, pedestrians look where they're going, and it and it seems to work in a lot of cities, and, and that is currently the plan that is being discussed right now. This woman says banning cars would reduce restrictions on skateboards and scooters. I think having cars will be good. we got to have cars or they're going to be flying. And at high time, smoke shop Neil is skeptical it would increase foot traffic. Even the students, they are having the skateboard to go to one place or another. Why would they walk? That's, that's my concern. In Berkeley, Bob Butler, KCBS. Also on the transportation front, Caltrain planning six weekend service closures that begin later this month. KCBS's Dan Mitchison explains why. The closures are needed for the electrification of Caltrain, which will basically supply power to the trains once we're electrified. Dan Lieberman is with Caltrain and says the San Francisco tunnel construction work begins Saturday, February 22nd and will continue each weekend through March 28th, which means no service to 22nd Street or San Francisco stations. Typically, when we saw this last year, um, it it led to about maybe an extra 10 to 20 minutes uh, on the end of your ride, depending on traffic conditions. On those weekends, free Samtrans bus service will replace train service between Bayshore and San Francisco stations. The goal, Lieberman says, is to have the electrified fleet up and running by 2022. In San Francisco, Dan Mitchinson, KCBS. Subscribe to the All Local wherever you get your podcasts and stream us on your smart speaker 24-7 by saying, play KCBS radio.